Charlie Bailey shouted, his shoulders inched high, neck tilted, and eyes primed and focused on the sky above. Eagle alert, his face showed no sign of the past two days' stress. A deep, healed scar ran along his jawline, ending at his shirt's collar, meeting his gray scarf there. Offset by his dark hair, trimmed short in military style, his eyes revealed his Asian heritage. He blinked, raised a brow, and nodded in my direction, eyes still. I hear their metal flap. He pressed his lips tight, his clean-shaven face firmed resolute. Ready, he ordered the other three men. They folded their hands behind them, also lying flat on their backs like us, and slid beneath the sewer openings. Ready, they echoed his order. I glanced over my right shoulder, beyond a dangling strap on my bulletproof vest, wishing for the safety I'd felt this morning riding along the lone road from the red barn where we'd hunkered overnight. Such a contrast to these darkened, tunnel-like sewer entrances. Now the fight for survival felt primal, as though anything could come at us here. Anything. Except we knew what was headed our way. We met it before, and it was not human in the least. If this encounter turned violent, I tipped my head to my right, to the telecom broadcast tower hoisted above the media building we exited minutes ago while searching for information. Charlie, listen, maybe there's another way. My belated effort to dissuade him from attempting force, if the occasion arose, sounded weak. His mind was already made up, his and the other men's. Determination reflected in his firm jaw and rigid body stance, set, determined, and ready for battle. I sigh inwardly. At least I tried. Better late than never. Without a doubt, this has been the longest few minutes of my life this year. Lying flat on my back in a dried sewer entrance, waiting for danger. Too young for this. Or too old, depending on how you look at it. Plus, I'm too neat conscious to hide in a sewer. The current circumstances don't offer me a better alternative. The pain radiating across my back, thanks to having slept in a barn, met the brute cold chilling me from under the ground. I've never had a batch of hay for a bed, instead of a mattress, until last night at the barn. We didn't expect to get busted by crickets at the Snowy Peaks Media House. Not when the news studio appeared abandoned, like everyone had fled a sudden catastrophe in a hurry. The place I'd actually feared would be discovered was at the barn where the town's major roads ended five miles off. The area being lonely, we didn't meet a soul on our way going or coming. Out of caution, we'd gone without electricity or heat all night and shivered throughout as a result. I closed my eyes and replayed the SOS message I'd received. I still recalled the feminine voice, clear but rushed and trembling. Hello, this message is for Ruby Masters in care of Robert Towers. This is an SOS message from the mayor of Snowy Peaks. Pete Zendel has seized our town. We need your help. I spotted a fly, wondering how it survived the cold I presently quivered in. A burst of sewage stench tickled my nostrils and further distracted my rehearsal. The dark half-shadow of the curved, dome-shaped bridge above hid the rest of me waist down. In contrast, the sky seemed bright, lovely even. But it wasn't simply clear sky I was seeing. The crickets were up there somewhere, and they are coming for us. Now.